0: Ah, the Duke trying to throw a curveball at me. Uh, That's Travis Tritt, the remake of the uh, Eagles' great song. Um, You know, I don't know if I was just dreaming or was in a trance, but I turned around. You know, of course, we're in West Edmonton Mall here, uh, the far end of the mall, just off 178th Street where the theater is and things like that. You've got uh, the Legoland and Simons or Simmons, whatever it is, and... Bubba Gump and all that. So that's where our studios are. I am 100% sure that I just saw Tracy Greger, Jason Greger's wife, walk right by our uh, glass windows here at the uh, Palatial Studios, the Stingray Studios. And I guess you can't blame her. I mean, why would you want to hang around Jason Greger at 10 o'clock on a Monday morning? You know, come to the mall, check out what's going on on the Kevin Carrier Show. For sure. 10.02, looking for a high of 16 today. So, uh, J.P. McConnell uh, issued a statement. Uh, He's the owner of the... Columbus Blue Jackets. And here is the statement from JP McConnell. Our ownership group is deeply frustrated and disappointed by the events of the past week. We have been in contact with John Davidson, yarmo Kekalainen, and our management team throughout this process, and we're in full agreement with Mike Babcock stepping down and Pascal Vincent leading our team as head coach. Well, we know he didn't step down. He was Told to leave. We had candid conversations with our leadership after last season about our goals and expectations for growth and progress on the ice in 2023-24. Those expectations are still in place and can still be achieved, so we do not anticipate further changes to our hockey leadership team at this time. Additional disruptions would be detrimental to our players and coaches as they prepare for the opening day of training camp in two days. We will continue to have regular communications with our hockey leadership and are looking forward to an exciting season. So that comes from J.P. McConnell, uh, owner of the Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, Frank Cervelli reporting, so uh, no changes to hockey leadership at this time. Uh, If you've got a text for us, 1-833-401-1440. 1-833-401-1440. Let's bring in the Duke of Delburn again. This is, I mean, I don't, don't, this isn't going to be going away at all for a little while here, especially after what happened in the last, uh, you know, 24 hours with the, if you want to call it resignation, uh, they probably had to work out some, Kind of a deal where no one talks, Sign the um, MDA, the whole thing, so uh, non-disclosure, whatever you want to call it. So, um, I, I, you know, even when we're talking to Brian Hedger, you know, and even Mark Spector about it, this is probably pretty low on the totem pole in Ohio right now with everything going on as far as, you know, college sports kicking off. Uh, Cleveland plays tonight, uh, NFL uh, Monday night or two NFL Monday Nighters tonight, so... I mean, I think everyone just wants to let this run the course, get on with camp, and to be done with it already.
1: I'm sure that's how the players feel, for sure. Um, Especially, uh, you know, nobody's in a worse spot here, I think, than Captain Boone Jenner. And and I don't think that he necessarily wasn't telling the truth. I'm sure his uh, conversations with Babcock were exactly how he laid it out. But like we said, uh, Babcock... His history shows that he tends to try and take advantage and use his uh, position of power over younger players, more impressionable ones. Um, Boone Jenner, a well-respected veteran and captain of the team, likely wouldn't fall for such shenanigans. So what he said was the truth, but now it kind of puts him in a bad spot that he sort of backed. He did back. Yep. He, he didn't sure. necessarily... Yeah. Back up Babcock, but wasn't condemning him at the same time. But he still has to go into that room this week and, and look all his teammates in the eyes that maybe did. Same, have with, have and to same go with Johnny Gaudreau too, right? In, exactly. Right. And Gaudreau, he, he was in a bit of a different situation being at the um, the media thing in Vegas and yeah. stuff while all this was unfolding. But I, I, I'm sure the players in the room, especially Jenner and Goudreau as leaders of the team, uh, want to just get the season underway and try and put this in the rear view mirror as quickly as possible. Um, but yeah, uh, ownership coming out and saying that nothing going to be changing in terms of hockey ops, at least for the time being.
0: So NFL week two, almost in the books, two more games. Uh, there were 10 games I believe decided by one score or less um, so the games have been pretty close the, um, uh, the other thing that everyone was wanting to see last night I think was how Kansas City would respond after losing uh, the opener to kick off the season against Detroit and Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey came back and um, Kelsey now is just behind Shannon Sharp for all time receptions fourth most uh, by a tight end Tony Gonzalez, Jason Witten, Antonio Gates has the three of them have more. Well, so does Shannon Sharp, but not for long. Um, do you foresee Travis Kelsey being the greatest tight end of all time? Can he get to where Tony Gonzalez was?
1: I think by the time Kelsey is wrapped up, especially if he you know keeps playing with Mahomes for mm-hmm. at least the next several seasons, I, I think he will probably end up as the like statistically best tight end. I know there's a lot of arguments and naysayers because Kelsey isn't nearly as effective as as a of a blocker as maybe some of these tight ends of yesteryear were, um, but in terms of the skill set, like he he just is a wide receiver that lines up at the tight end position and then does a take on. Those duties of a tight end win called upon as well. Mm. So, like, I, I think statistically, yeah, he will uh, come away as as top top of the drawer when he's when he's all said and done.
0: Texter uh, writes in still uh, lots with uh, Mike Babcock. Uh, Davidson should be asked, So should the GM. Obvious mistake by hiring Babcock. Did anyone think it was a good idea at the time? KCF. Well, I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't think it was a good fit for this team. I think you know Babcock is a similar coach where he has to come in and just sort of. Tweak things to a veteran team to maybe have some success, but uh, I, I think his coaching days in the NHL are done for sure. One eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. We posed the question a little earlier. How many wins? What uh, will the Oilers' record be in the month of October? Four home games, four away games. The Duke says five and three. I'm going six one and one. Spec says six and two. What say you? Um, Devonte Adams is he okay Duke he left the game yesterday a little bit uh, in the Vegas game had a pretty good game before he left uh Vegas doesn't look like they have, they have much though they were just stomped on by Buff so um do you think Devonte Adams is okay anything uh, on that and um i mean if he's out for any time i mean man they're in big trouble for sure
1: yeah, I haven't seen anything. It uh, looks like the report co- after last mm-hmm. night's games, he's being evaluated for a concussion. I um, haven't seen anything else out about it yet this morning. Questionable um, for
0: week three, I see. Yeah. May have concussion.
1: Yeah, so um, him and Anthony Richardson, I think kind of in similar situations at the moment, just uh, going through concussion protocols and uh, availability moving forward, probably TBD.
0: I uh, think. Yes, probably. Anthony Richardson had two uh, rushing touchdowns Colts beat Houston you're a Texans man what's up with the Texans Duke how can you even cheer for this team
1: anymore the, the offense looked a little better yesterday I will say that CJ Stroud uh, he had a like pretty good game for himself uh, threw for a couple touchdowns uh, like I said his his connection with Nico Collins who unfortunately due to my advice you had on your fantasy bench brutal um, but uh, yes yeah, Stroud Stroud threw for you know 300 some yards uh, I believe and a couple TDs and no picks again. He did fumble uh, once or twice, losing one of them maybe. So you know, that, there's always going to be growing pains with rookie quarterbacks. But I think the progress on the offense is looking good. The- Texans without four of their five regular starting O line. Yes, so that's that was my bigger concern going into the day. But it was the defense that was the story. They they couldn't stop anything. Gardner Minshew came in and just diced him mm-hmm. up with underneath passes uh, uh, the remainder of the game when he stepped in for Richardson.
0: So why didn't you tell me about these four offensive linemen? I didn't when know I put, that. when I put uh,
1: Damian Pearson. I'll be honest, I didn't know that. Uh, I didn't have all the information.
0: The Duke is, <laughs> is trying. The Duke is trying to sabotage global warming's draft and the in the doopies um so you mentioned CJ Stroud he had a pretty good game threw for 384 two touchdowns no picks quarterback rating of 103.5 uh so he has 58 completions in his first two starts did you
1: know that duke uh, as an exact number, no. But he's okay. been—he's a—he's accurate guy. That's kind of one of his calling cards.
0: Surpassed Justin Herbert fifty-seven completions. Mike White fifty-seven for the second most completions by a player in his first two career games in NFL history. Now that's a pretty good start. Only Joe Burrow has more, sixty.
1: Pretty and cool. Another, uh, in terms of first two starts, uh, Rams receiver, um, yes. Puka Nakua, set a record for most receptions in the first two games. Um, he's basically just stepped into the shoes of Cooper Cup and uh, made this Rams team surprisingly competitive. They they gave the Niners just about all they could handle um, after upsetting Seattle in Week One. So I'm not sure it's sustainable for this Rams team. I just don't think they have the talent to to make this last over the course of a whole season. But I mean, hey, they're gritty. They got championship pedigree still, and Sean McVeigh I think will should never be ruled out. He's a he's mm-hmm. a great coach. Um, maybe the best in the league, if not one of the best for sure. So,
0: If you got an NFL question or comment, send it our way, one 833 uh, Nakua, so he had 10 catches and 119 yards in week one. He's the first player in NFL history with at least 10 receptions and 100 receiving yards in his first two career games. I mean, that's some pretty big company. Um, so 25 uh, receptions in his first two career games surpasses Earl Cooper, the Duke of Earl, another great Duke. 19 catches he had in 1980 for the most by a player in the first two games. Just the third player in NFL history with at least 25 receptions in the first two games. Michael Thomas did it. Andre Bad Moon Risen. Remember Andre Risen?
1: Uh, came up, I, I came up to
0: the CFL. Uh, his nickname was Bad Moon Risen. Played for the Falcons. Uh, it had a lot of off-field problems as well. Uh, but did come up to the CFL, and play, I believe with the Toronto Argonauts for a time. Um, you know, there, there's a this is a good story. You're gonna, Remember uh, Dexter Manley? No. Okay, Dexter Manley was one of the top defensive rush ends in NFL history, okay? You check him out right now on the interweb, Dexter Manley. And this is a story from Dave Jamison. Dave told me this one years ago. So Dexter Manley got picked up by... I believe it was the Ottawa Renegades, and I'm not looking anything this up. I'm just going off what Dave Jamison told me. So he's in the and and Dexter Manley would have made millions and millions and millions of dollars in his uh, NFL career. He he blew it all. It's all gone. Ended up in the CFL. They brought, I think the Gleberman's might have brought him in. Uh, I wish Dave Jamison would let me know if I'm telling the facts right. Anyway, Manley's in the. Renegade's locker room And there's a young offensive lineman Canadian offensive lineman On the practice roster Sitting in the dressing room Having um, his lunch And Dexter Manley says to him Like I mean Like what are you doing Like what, what what's going on What are you doing He goes well I'm having my lunch he goes, yeah, yeah. So what are you having? Well, I'm having a sandwich that I made at home, like a bologna sandwich because I'm making $200 a week on the practice roster, and then I'm having nice soup here. No, no, Manley goes, well, what, what do you mean you're having soup? Like, what's that? What is that? He goes, well, it's soup. No, Manley says, what is that container? And the young offensive lineman goes, well, it's a thermos. And Manley goes, it's a th- what's a thermos? Never heard of it, never seen it before. And the offensive lineman goes, well, it's like it keeps hot things hot and it keeps cold things cold. And Manley goes, that's unbelievable. How does it know how to keep it hot or cold? <laughs> <laughs> True story. Dexter Manley. Uh, I hope I did it right, Dave. You told me that one lo- a long, long time ago. Um uh, from the Conroy, seems like, uh, to me, Columbus needs to rethink management, rehiring Davidson and Babcock seems the, like insanity after all. They let Davidson go before they did. Think it would work this time. Fully hope a new coach will be helpful. Um, uh, there, okay, uh, this is from Cat Dad. Left eye from TLC, one set, Andre Risen's house on fire. Does that mean anything to you?
1: Uh, I know who TLC is, a, group, a musical group from very popular in the 90s. Um, don't don't get it. I I maybe like maybe this actually happened. Is left eye someone in TLC? I don't know. Let me look that up for you, real well,
0: quick. We'll check in with that. I don't know. Um, when we come back, we will check in with Mike Wilner from the Toronto Star. He Used to do Toronto Blue Jays play by play for five six years, so he will. Uh, Check in with us, and hey, the Blue Jays all is well again after a tough series against Texas. Uh, they're back in the uh, wild card playoff picture, so we'll check in with Mike when we come back on the Kevin Carey Show right after the break on Sports 1440. All right, welcome back to the big program, Ten nineteen in the Capital Region, looking for a high of about 16 degrees today. Not a bad week for, you know, we're creeping up into October here, and that means we're creeping up to uh, playoff baseball in uh, the majors. And that is why we're going to bring in Mike Wilner from the Toronto Star on the big program. Uh, Mike, uh, how are things going in Toronto after a pretty good weekend for the Blue Jays?
2: Yeah, I think people are still kind of catching their breath, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh um, most people wrote the season off after Thursday and, you know, it's it's very emotional and, and, uh, and tense, tension filled and highly charged and, and, uh, you know, people are used to the Leafs, um, (laughs) getting, getting everybody all excited and then failing miserably. So their tendency is to jump off the bandwagon pretty quick. Um, and jump to some pretty, uh, uh, you know, doom-filled conclusions. But, yeah. uh, but I think hopefully, I mean, I, I don't, I don't really believe it. Um, but hopefully, people will learn from this weekend that hey, it's you know, uh, one series does not uh, is not a referendum on any season, and uh, things happen and things change real, real quickly. Mm-hmm. I was overwhelmed by the amount of people. Thursday night, who told me you just? I mean, the math says you can't make up a game and a half. There's not enough <laughs> time. No, well, yeah,
0: they, they made it. Out. They made it up in a weekend, didn't they?
2: Yep, and more.
0: Yeah, for sure. Back in the
2: second wild card spot.
0: Back in the second wild card spot. A record of eighty three and sixty seven. Texas is uh, eighty two and sixty seven. So a game in hand. Rangers have uh, many games with Houston. So that the division still uh, decided for sure. So. How impressed were you with, and and I mean, in particular, I mean, we see John Schneider mostly, you know, with all the the post-game interviews. How impressed were you with his demeanor, I guess, to kind of not feel the way everyone else was feeling after the Texas series?
2: Well, I mean, he was upset. He was frustrated. It was the um, the most emotion I'd seen from him was after those games on Wednesday and Thursday. It looked like he was... You know, angry. He was even snippy with one of the reporters, um, who he knows very, very well, uh, after that game on Thursday night, who questioned mm-hmm. the decision to use Trevor Richards. But you know, he he understands the game, and and everyone in that locker room understands the game, and they know that it was a horrible series. But it doesn't mean anything beyond the fact that it was a horrible series, and. And that they lost the tiebreaker to Texas, which, you know, c- could wind up uh, really biting them. But they also won the tiebreaker against Houston, which could wind up helping them a great deal down the stretch. Um, you know, the, the the manager of a Major League Baseball team isn't going to look at four straight humiliating losses mm-hmm. and think, well, my team is terrible. Might as well just pack it in and forget the last two weeks of the season, because that doesn't matter. We're a whole game out of a playoff spot. Um, you know he he understands that it's baseball. You're back there tomorrow. There's nothing you can do but get back at it tomorrow because the schedule demands it. And all you have to do is look at last year um, to understand how bonkers it can be, and how looking at a, a small capsule of mm-hmm. time tells you nothing. You know, it's September 18th today. Last year, I was in Philadelphia on September 20th, so even later in the season than it is now, and the Phillies had just lost four in a row, and the Blue Jays came to town and put up 18 on them (laughs) in the first game of a series, and they looked awful. I mean, we were looking around that press box, talking to people on the Phillies beat, and We're like, this team, this is a playoff team? Are you kidding? They were two games up on the last wild card at that point. And there wasn't a single person in that stadium that thought they were going to hold on to a a playoff spot in the last week and a half of the season. And there wasn't a single person, I don't think, you know, northeastern Pennsylvania, who thought that even if they did squeak into the playoffs, that they would be able to do anything. Mm -hmm. They were terrible. They went to the World Series. The year before, the Atlanta Braves won 86 games and qualified for the playoffs with the worst record among the 12 teams that qualify for the playoffs. They won the World mm-hmm. Series. Like, you know, these are lessons that should hold with people. It yeah. doesn't matter how you get in. It just matters that you get in, and anything can happen.
0: Yeah, for sure. Mike Wilner is our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Mike, um, how impressed uh, have you been this year with the pipeline to Buffalo and all the players who have uh, contributed to the Blue Jays' success this season?
2: It's really been something, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, um, you know, it, it starts, I think, with Jay Jackson, who came up for the first time in May, and he's been on the roller coaster. Right now he's down in Buffalo. He's uh, produced for them. He's got a whip under one and an ERA around two. He's been terrific out of the bullpen. Uh, Bouda Francis has been terrific out of the bullpen for them. And then, of course, you got David Schneider, Ernie Clement, Spencer Horwitz, um, the three of whom, I mean, David Schneider's rewriting the record book in the yes. major league. Yeah, like with the highest OPS in major league history for the first 25 games mm-hmm. of, of a career. Um, even though I think he went 0 for the Boston series on the weekend, um, they've been they've been tremendous, and I can't imagine anyone thought that you know the Blue Jays would be sending out a lineup in the middle of September in a pennant race with. Davis Schneider batting fourth, and Spencer Horwitz batting fifth, and Kevin Biggio batting sixth. But um, they they really have been the saving grace. It's difficult for them to uh, it's difficult to imagine that they would be in the position that they're in, you know. And mm-hmm. nobody really talks about Ernie Clement. Yeah. Um, but he came up after the Blue Jays got rid of Paul DeYoung when Bobichet went back on the injured list. He played a quality shortstop, and uh, he was ten for his first twelve with runners in scoring position on a team that couldn't hit with runners in scoring position for the first three quarters of the season. So mm-hmm. yeah, those guys have been lifesavers.
0: For sure. Mike Wilner from uh, the Toronto Stars, our guest uh, this morning at 1026 in Edmonton. Vladimir Guerrero's had a good series against Boston, um, homeward three straight. Uh, it was a spark the team needed. Can he continue this for the final 12 games?
2: I don't think he's going to hit ten homers in the final twelve games, but, but I hope good. so. I hope so. Yeah. yeah, it's possible. It's it's highly, highly improbable. But um, you know, he has he's been very, very up and down. But he's been better than a lot of people think he's been. Um, you know, the numbers in clutch situations for him have been terrific, but the slugging hasn't been there. And um, I honestly don't know what the problem is, and people have done huge, deep, analytical dives into what's wrong with him, and no one's been able to figure it out. The contact is still uh, massive. He still hits the hell out of the ball. Um, he He's just not going as far as it used to, um, and nobody really knows why. So I don't know. Hopefully, you know, he's he's getting – Hot the level of hot that Bo Bichette got in the last month of last season to carry the team. Uh, we've been waiting for him to get hot all year. It would be terrific uh, for this ball club. You know, he loves mm-hmm. playing in New York. He really can't stand the Yankees, much like any good Blue Jay fan. Yes. And uh, um, so going to New York could keep this hot streak going. Uh, And really, all you have to do is is just sort of punch the ball the right field, and it goes out there. So we'll see. Um, You know, I'm I'm not big on predictions. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows what's going to happen tomorrow, so we'll we'll see. But it would be uh, extraordinarily beneficial for the Blue Jays
0: if he did, yes. Jays with a day off today, six more on the road, uh, New York and Tampa, and then six more at home. Same two teams to close out uh, the season as Mike Wilner guessed with us on the uh, Kevin Carey show on Sports 1440. Alec Manoa was the opening day starter. We know the season's been well documented, but where do you see the future with Alec Manoa, with the Toronto Blue Jays, Mike?
2: <laughs> After I just said I'm not big on predictions. <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, you know, the the, the, the the sport is littered with stories of people who had meteoric rises and just as quick falls and never came back, uh, but it's equally littered with stories of the meteoric rises, the huge falls, and the returns to prominence. So it certainly could go either way. I don't think uh, that he's damaged the relationship beyond repair, no, the blue Jays still control his rights for another four seasons mm-hmm. after this one so there's no um, no need at all to make a hasty decision on him uh, certainly if they were to to move him this winter it would be at the absolute bottom of his value and it would just be stupid to yeah. do that so I don't know I, I and as untenable as the situation might be, who knows? But Alec Manoa hasn't spoken about it. His agents haven't spoken about it. We've only heard the Blue Jays side, so we absolutely don't know the whole story. Um, but even if, the situ- even if they hate each other, he's still stuck there for four years. Yeah. And it's in his best interests to be as uh, productive a player as possible over the course of those four years, so that he can leave and make money. Um, if, if it's not untenable, then you work through it, and you hope. You hope that whatever the, this season was a blip, that whatever went wrong can be fixed. This is the first time he'd ever had on-field adversity in his professional career. Um, and it appears as though he hasn't dealt with it very well. Again, we don't know. We haven't heard from him yet. Um, but this is absolutely something that you can grow from and um, that you can, uh, you can come back just as good as you were before. We'll have to see.
0: So like we hear where all the things, okay, he was in Florida, he went up to wherever and he went down, like, where is he at right now? And uh, basically do they just kind of look at it and go, you know what, we'll wait till the season's over and then we'll address it. We'll move forward at the start of next season in spring training.
2: No, I think they're in contact. I think they've addressed the issue. I mean, as far as I know, he's with the Bisons now. It's on the temporary inactive list. Um, I think you, you it's just something that you constantly address as it goes. Now he's, he doesn't have to talk to us mm-hmm. until next spring, right when he'll be walking and he doesn't even have to talk to us then, but it'll be you know less, it'll be more difficult to hide um, from the media in spring training when he's there at major league camp. Um, but I, I, you know I just think that this is like uh, I don't know what how you address this. I'm sure they, they're they in constant contact. Mm-hmm. Each side knows where the other side stands, and you just go from there.
0: Mike Wilner is our guest on the Kevin Carey Show, Sports 1440. A couple more uh, for you, Mike. Just um, setting up this series, uh, the next one with uh, New York. Uh, Yankees aren't the team that they thought that they would be this year, um, but Tampa has wrapped up a, a playoff spot. Just kind of touch on this uh, this six-game road trip to start things off here tomorrow
2: yeah look it 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 uh, gives me no end of happiness to see the New York Yankees <laughs> in last place um, and unfortunately they couldn't stay there long enough. They've been really really good over the last three weeks um so this is you know it's like going in um to to face a team that is a, a huge has a huge opportunity to play spoiler. The Yankees would like nothing. More than to knock the Blue Jays back out of the playoff race, because mm-hmm. they're not in it. And you know, the Jays—how uh, many years over the last 30 have we seen the Blue Jays being able to only play spoiler and nothing more in, in September? Um, so this is not going to be a walkover series uh, by any means. They're playing well. They're—they've got some good young players who are fighting for jobs next year and trying to get noticed and. Um, you know, you, you hope that they go in there and they can win a series because that's really all that matters right now is, is winning series. Um, and Tampa Bay, the hangover will be over by the time the Blue Jays get to the trop, and yeah. Tampa uh, still has a lot to play for. You know, they they want to finish in first place in the AL East, and and it's still very, very much up for grabs between them and the Baltimore Orioles. So, But it doesn't matter. I mean, baseball... Baseball, it doesn't matter what, unless the other, unless the team you're playing has quit on the season. And even then, they get to beach every once in a while. Like Kansas City just won a series against Houston, and Kansas City has less than nothing to play for, and Houston's fighting for a division title. So, uh, you know, mm-hmm. a terrible team is going to beat a, a good team probably about a third of the time. So, you know, that's that's why I, I don't think that looking at a schedule and saying, oh, okay, they're going to win... You know, they're gonna go four and two there and they're gonna win one out of three there, and then they should win two out of three. You know, you do that this weekend and yeah. who would have thought Seattle and Texas would both get swept, right? And Houston would lose two or three and the Blue Jays would sweep Boston. So it's it's gonna be it's gonna to be tough. They're all gonna to be tough the rest of the way. This idea that they're terrible against the AL East and whatever <laughs> is it's just stupid. I mean, they're terrible against Baltimore. Baltimore. Yeah, they were terrible against Baltimore. 3 and 10 against Baltimore, but um but they were barely under 500 against Boston after losing the first eight, uh, first 7. They lost the first 7 to Boston and they won the next 6. So what does that tell you? Absolutely nothing. They're 2 and 4 against the Yankees and 2 and um they're 6 and 8 against the Yankees and Rays so far this season. So um I mean, what does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. So we'll, we'll, you know, we'll see what happens. All they have to do, what's important to remember is, as much as people want to do this crazy math and, you know, they have to go 12-3, and or now with 12 games left, they have to go 8-4, and they don't. They just have to be as good as Seattle the rest of the way. Exactly. And Seattle or Texas is guaranteed to lose at least four games because they play each other seven times. So... All they have to do is be as good as Seattle and Texas the rest of the way, and they're in the playoff.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what the math, I mean, we, who knows where, who finishes where, but um, right. what if the if the Jays were to open up against Baltimore in the playoffs, saying they make it? Um, can't happen. Can't happen oh, well, at I all? Well, I guess it can. It, can, it could, it can it could still, right? If, if Tampa... If Tampa
2: wins the yeah. division, you're right, yeah. Baltimore finishes second and the Blue Jays finish sixth. Right. If they were to open up against Baltimore... They're three and ten against Baltimore. <laughs> it's, it would it would be a problem, but at the same time, it's two out of three, and it's two out of three in which the Blue Jays would have the starting pitching advantage in every game. The Blue Jays have uh, an outstanding bullpen, mm-hmm. and they're not facing the same bullpen that they would have they faced the first time the first the first thirteen times they play Baltimore because Baltimore doesn't have their closer anymore. Yeah. so uh, I you know. It's two out of three. If, if the Blue Jay if Baltimore played Colorado two out of three, the Rockies would win some of those series, even though they're terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, you might as honestly, you might as well flip a coin. It, it, and that's why you know, that's why the Phillies went to the World Series last year. That's why Atlanta went, won the World Series the year before with, with a terrible record. Um, because in baseball, it doesn't matter in October how good a team you have. It just matters how good you are that week. And anybody can beat anybody in a best two out of three. And when you look at the history of, of baseball playoffs since the wild card era began, you know how often does the best team in the league really wind up winning the World Series? Not as often as it should. Not as often as it does in any other sport, uh, except maybe hockey, which is also... You know, because hockey in, in the playoffs, there are no rules anymore. Mm-hmm. So the less skilled teams can beat the higher skilled teams just by, you know, cheating a lot and not having penalties <laughs> getting caught. But uh, but it really doesn't matter. So, yeah, if they draw Baltimore, it's it's um, certainly not going to be fun, but they're very capable of beating the Orioles two out of three.
0: Uh, what what team scares you the most besides the obvious, saying Atlanta or LA going into the postseason?
2: Nobody, because yeah. I honestly, I honestly believe October is an, it, like erase everything that happens in the first six months. You're talking about two out of three, three out of five, mm-hmm. four out of seven. That's not a real test of how good your team is. It really isn't. Like in, in the old days when I when I started on the radio yeah. 25 years ago, I used to say. The only real way to determine who the team in the game is is to play a best of October. You take the two teams with the two best records in the in the majors and you face off over the course of the month of October starting on the first no days off and you just go yeah. and whoever wins sixteen games first is your uh, is your world Series champion that for me that's a test of depth that's a test of who's actually really, really good, and it's a long-term test. October, it's just a tournament. It really is. It's just, you know, the way it works now is you think of the regular season as one thing, and you have to think of the playoffs as something completely different. And the regular season has absolutely no bearing on it. Who who your fourth and fifth Mm -hmm. starters are, who your sixth and seventh relievers are, that doesn't matter at all in, in the playoffs. How strong your bench is. I mean, maybe a little, but you're also, you know, maybe a bench guy's gonna get one at bat in a playoff series, and maybe none, none at all. So, it, it it's a weird thing to say because I know we build these myths and we build these stories about greatness and champions and all that stuff. Winning in the playoffs in baseball is more due to, with luck than anything else.
0: Yeah, you need a lot of it. Uh, Mike, uh, uh, enjoy the the final dozen games here. Uh, do you get to go on the road here with the star for down the stretch here, or how's it work?
2: I'll be in New York. Um, my colleague, Gregor Chisholm, will be in Tampa, okay. and then uh, we'll be home for the last homestead.
0: Well, it's going to be an exciting time. We'll uh, be looking forward to your stuff in the Toronto Star. Th- thanks for doing this, Mike. Uh, enjoy uh, the stretch run for the Jays.
2: Thank you. And uh, two things before you let me go. Uh, make sure everybody listens to the podcast. Deep yep. Left Field comes out every weekend. It's awesome. And congratulations to you guys for launching a sports radio station out there. I, I think it's uh, it's fantastic.
0: Really appreciate it. And I'm sure we'll be talking in the near future.
2: All right. Take care.
0: That's Mike Wilner from the Toronto Stars. The Jays close out the season starting tomorrow on the road in New York against the Yankees. Uh, We're back to wrap up the final segment on the Kevin Carey Show, Sports 1440, right after the break. You know, when I asked uh, Mike Wilner about going to cover, you know, I guess, as he said, he's going to uh, New York and he's got a colleague. I mean, nowadays, a lot of reporters don't even go and cover the teams anymore. I mean, we've seen it here in Edmonton. I believe starting last January, uh, there were no beat reporters, as you want to call it, from the Journal slash Sun, same thing, Post Media, that went on the road with the Oilers. Um, Daniel Nugent Bowman from The Athletic, Mark Spector from Rogers Sportsnet, really the only uh, full-time, I guess you would say, guys that are going on the road with the Oilers. Jerry Amadejong from Post Media um, did not go on the road with the Edmonton Elks this year. It's sad. I mean, we used to go everywhere. Now we don't even go to Delburn. I mean, we used to go everywhere, Duke. Now we don't even go to Delburn.
1: Yeah, it has been a couple of weeks since I've been uh, back home, but I'm hoping this weekend uh, before the weather turns real sour because uh, I know there's a lineup of jobs that dad just piles up uh, mm-hmm. that he doesn't want to do left for me. So the sooner I get down there and do them before the snow hits the ground and it's uh, really miserable cold outside, the more pleasant it will be for me to do these tasks. So it's, uh, I got a lot of things now, uh, lined up between watching movies. and
0: Can you fire
1: up the replacements
0: in the tractor while you're... Can you just program the tractor and just kind of no, watch a
1: movie? Or no, what? Kevin, uh, <laughs> at Douglas Farms type of farming hasn't quite reached that level of um, uh, fine tuning and uh, and sophistication. Uh, a lot of our equipment, a yeah. little on the older side, all, all very um, you know as manual as manual can be in today's day and age in terms of how the machines operate. <laughs> There's a couple things like the sprayer; uh, it has GPS and right. auto steer, but that's the only thing uh, in uh, in our in our possession that does uh that has those those features. So no, I, could I? Yeah, I could get like the phone streaming it or something, but then I'm just due for a wreck and then I'd be in more trouble than ever. So
0: one of the top farmers in the uh region, Brian Benning, former oiler, he tells me that he just zips into his combine and basically puts his feet up and just crushes, just crushes the 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 the, the crops basically sleeping all day. Just puts it on that GPS and he's done. It's, it's yeah, basically
1: you just got to turn the corners these days. Uh, at the end of each row, you spin it around and get it back on online and just lock it in position, and away it goes. And there's I've seen some videos on Instagram uh, the past couple weeks, and so much of the videos that I get fed through the algorithm are just ag, mm-hmm. agriculture ones. Like you can now sync up, like if you have your grain cart running alongside your combine, uh, Mm. just directly uh, filling it in. You can basically sync it, your grain cart tractor, to the GPS in the combine, so then it will just like, if the combine speeds up or slows down, the grain cart tractor will do the same without the operator having to do anything. Same with like slightly left or right, et cetera. So things have come a long way. I'll tell you what, it's a crazy world we're living in. But hey, that's all for the better. Farmers work uh, work hard enough and have for a long time. (laughs) It's nice that they get a, a little bit of an easier go with things these days.
0: Today's uh, farming tip with the Duke brought to you by the Delburn General Store. <laughs> Come on in. We've got everything you want. Um, texter writes in uh, about the Blue Jays. If they had Kermire lined up, why trade for Varshow, Dalton uh, uh, Dalton Varshow? Uh, I think the Blue Jays were dealing from a position of strength. They had three catchers. They liked uh, what they had going last year. Gabriel Marino, really young, an up-and-comer, traded him to Arizona for Dalton Varsho. Um, Blue Jays felt that between Kirk and Jansen that they had enough uh, at the position. Kirk's had a, he's had a little bit better of a, uh, of a run here. Um, Jansen's been hurt a fair bit. For some reason, wasn't playing with his shoelace on a foul tip and ends up taking one to the mitt. Might be back for playoffs, possibly, uh, but for the most part, they'll be running uh, with Kirk, Alejandro Kirk. Uh, Nogi, hey, how about them Cowboys? Are you fired up for the Cowboys? Like, either you hate the Cowboys or you obviously love them. And I'm, you know, I golf with Murray McCord every Sunday. He's just, the Cowboys, just, just sick of it already. Um, I don't like the Cowboys.
1: The Cowboys look for real, and Uh and I mean, you know, Cowboys fans, they kind of fall into that same category of fandom, and I think Connor and I talked about this last week there. There are a lot of bandwagon ones, and they're just like the group of fans that always think their teams are going to be good regardless. You can throw Yankees in there, Los Angeles Lakers, um, Toronto Maple Leafs even maybe. So I I understand the the fact that a lot of people don't like Cowboys fans, but you cannot deny that uh, through a couple weeks here, the Cowboys look for real. Maybe the Giants and the Jets aren't necessarily the best opponents, mm-hmm. but even that good Jets defense, the Cowboys made it look pretty pedestrian yesterday. So Cowboys are good.
0: Uh, just for a lot of our listeners, sometimes reception is yeah, it's, it's hit and miss in certain areas. Uh, this comes from Spruce Grove. Steve, uh, what's up with it? Um, I understand using data through Bluetooth, that's fine in my personal vehicle. Uh, can you kind of address where we're going with that and what the options are for our listeners, Duke?
1: Yeah, the the best thing to do if you're having issues with signal, regardless of where you are, um, is to download the either iHeart uh, Radio Player app, a TuneIn, Stingray. There, there's an endless number of options, uh, and that way, and like I said, it it's, can be a bit more of an issue if maybe your vehicle doesn't have a Bluetooth connection or something. But there are, there are some workarounds here and there. Um, that just through the online stream, right from Sports1440.ca as well. Those are the best ways to make sure that you get a crisp, clear signal, no matter where you are, uh, at all times. So that would be my best recommendation.
0: Um, want to update our, um, initiative that we've got going with sports central. Um, we don't have a number for today. We had 151 bikes donated in the first week of our little, uh, bike run that we're doing, uh, People could drop off their bikes uh, at uh, United Sport and Cycle, Revolution Cycle, Bonnie Dune Shopping Center, and Londonderry Mall. So we had 151 in the first week. So uh, Saturday was our second uh, week. So we had, hopefully, you know, if we can get up to, you know, a couple hundred, and then we're on our way or to our goal of 1,000 bikes. So if you've got a, a bike that you want to donate to Sports Central, the technicians will get things ready, get things going, and um, they'll repair it over the winter. And make, make sure that uh, everything's up and running with it. Make sure that, you know, the brake pads are on, the spokes are tightened the whole bit, and they'll give it to a, a, a kid in the in the spring that needs it for sure. Uh, so Fantasy Frenzy coming up at 11 with?
1: Uh, former Ross Shep T-Bird, <laughs> Connor Halley.
0: Yes, the former Ross Shep T-Bird, Connor Halley, and yourself, the Duke of Dalburn. Um, uh, Mondays are always key for you guys because you talk so much about what happened, um, injuries, things like that. So I'm sure you got a jam-packed show. What's uh, what's shaking in a, in the next 10 minutes or so?
1: Yeah, well, definitely some injury news to discuss. Hopefully we'll get a little bit of clarity here um, either throughout the show or before we get going here at the top of the hour about Saquon Barkley. Uh, news coming out, David Montgomery, probably mm. going to miss a couple weeks. So maybe we'll chat with our guest today about, uh, you know, just how important is it for Jameer Gibbs to, to grab hold of the reins now and solidify himself as the number one back uh, when Detroit took him in the top ten, obviously spending a lot of capital, and then, uh, but I mean, hey, with two games tonight, there's probably still a lot of yeah. matchups up in the air. Maybe some uh, decisions to be made, myself included. I got to decide if maybe I'm gonna if Amari Cooper's healthy. I, mean, I think was, he's
0: he's not playing. I don't think he's
1: he was. I haven't checked today, but he was listed questionable okay. so all day yesterday. Um, if he is going to go, him or Jamal Williams uh, out in New Orleans backfield. So there's still a few decisions to be made. We'll offer our our little bit of advice here and there, and as always, we have a, a great guest coming on at eleven twenty as well.
0: So if Amari Cooper can't go in Cleveland, who would be the options at wide out for the Browns? I mean...
1: Uh, Elijah Mitchell yeah. uh, coming no. over in the off season, yeah. uh, and then rookie Cedric Tillman. He okay. he played some last week. Didn't get any targets. Didn't see a lot of action by any stretch. But he might be a guy worth um, if you are if you just have Cooper and you can stash him on the IR for the week and just to the waiver wire. Tillman, I would think, will be available unless you're in a really deep yeah. dynasty league or something. So that yeah. might be a name worth uh, worth taking an interest in if you're set on sticking in the Browns rotation.
0: And so. Donovan Peoples Jones is yes, another guy, very
1: good one. And, and David yeah. Njoku Joku might uh, get a, a few more targets as well. He was quite quiet in week one and
0: Um, and we're gonna see it's gonna be nick chubb left nick chubb right i hope
1: so i'm a a nick chubb who do
0: you i mean you got all these top players i mean how come you're not telling me like for the advice i mean come on like what's going on i can't
1: well it's funny you say that in my super flex league so you play two quarterbacks every week if you want you don't have to the second spot Mm -hmm. you can play any position you want um uh, our very first day on air of Fantasy Frenzy, we are talking with our guest. Uh, I forget who, who was on with us that day, but basically about the, in a super flex, the quarterback <laughs> drafting strategy. And I told him that uh, my strategy was to basically wait until the very end to take quarterbacks. I took Justin Jefferson third overall, mm-hmm. then loaded up on some running backs, etc all the way down the list, and my quarterbacks landed up with were CJ Stroud and Kenny Pickett, and he basically told me I was going to be in for a long season. Mm-hmm. Um I'm 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 lined up for a week a win here in week uh, week 2 after the narrow win in week 1 thanks to the Jets defense and uh, their situation against the Bills. So I um I've been proven semi right so far. We'll see what Kenny Pickett can do tonight against a, a stout Browns team. But uh, CJ Stroud had a great day yesterday. So I'm uh, I'm confident on my strategy so far.
0: I'll be uh, looking at that. So I'll be 0 2. Gregor will be 0 2. He's playing Chin Man. If, uh, well, Gregor's got Miles Sanders left. He's 27 behind the Chin Man. Uh, there's a chance, but probably not a great one. And so the two of us will be 0 2. We. Obviously, need some help from you guys.
1: <laughs> got to listen in eleven and twelve. <laughs> I've been listening. I, I asked
0: you, Damien Pierce, Nico Collins. Well, you got to go with Pierce.
1: Oh. You, you, it's actually funny. You should have texted me and double check because I I have Damian Pierce not saying these. I ended up swapping him onto the bench oh. in exchange for uh, Jameer Gibbs. So should have double checked with me before kickoff. Oh on Sunday, man,
0: Kev. Duke's just killing me. Um, uh, I want to thank all our uh, guests and co-host uh, today. Loriann Munzer joins us every Monday seven to nine. Uh, some good insight uh, with uh, Mike Babcock situation and uh, moving forward with everything there. G-Roy Simon, Elks Assistant GM, joined us at 720. Uh, Elks getting ready for the BC Lions this Friday. 740 kickoff at Commonwealth. On the mark for Booster Juice, Mark Spector. Every day at 8 o'clock, Brian Hedger, our headliner of the day for Mr. Reuter out of the Columbus Dispatch. Uh, Jimmy Murphy, good insight. Boston Hockey now uh, really talked a lot about Jake DeBruska's situation, the local product, uh, because becomes an unrestricted free agent at the end of uh, this season. Dean Cordero, head coach of the McEwen-Griffins women's soccer team. And, of course, Mike Wilner from the Toronto Star, talking all things Blue Jays baseball as the Jays get set to close out the regular season. Twelve games left, six on the road in New York and in Tampa. Then it's uh, New York and Tampa at Rogers Centre in Toronto. Fantasy Frenzy coming up at the top of the hour with...
1: Former Ross Shep T-Bird, Connor (laughs) Halley.
0: And the Duke of Dalburn lowdown with low tide, 12 o'clock to 2. We'll wrap things up uh, today on Sports 1440 with the Jason Greger Show at 2 o'clock. Keep in mind, he will have Trey Ford at 420. We will see you bright and early tomorrow at 7. Our co-host tomorrow will be Grant Fuhr from Coachella Valley. Thanks for listening this morning. We will see you back here tomorrow. Time now for a sports update with the Duke.